Kent, I am so excited. We are standing in the middle of a beaver pond. We waded through the snow from a road and came back and now we're standing right in the middle of a beaver pond. And, and by the way, it's the middle of January, it's freezing and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. This entire beaver pond is covered with this thick covering of snow and there are tracks everywhere. And we, we've already talked about beaver um, a while back, but we wanted to, to come back and talk about them again because what we didn't talk about last time was what do they do in the wintertime? And they've got some fascinating adaptations that we want to come here and talk about. Yeah, because there's probably a beaver right near us right now. There is. And we brought one of our favorite people, Steve Fascio, out here with us to help us look at all of these tracks and decipher who they belong to. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. Steve was wandering over across the pond. He was so excited there's so many tracks. <laughs> What are you finding over there? There's deer, there's turkey. We're near the Appalachian Trail in Pomfret, and this valley has six or seven beaver ponds sort of terracing down through the stream valley. Yeah, we're standing in the middle pond here, but below us there's three more beaver ponds, and above us, if we walked up through the valley, there's three or four more up there. So it's literally a terrace of ponds coming down through here. In any given year, a couple of them might be active and a couple of them might be just sitting there, you know, growing back. And what happens is the beavers will use one area where they have a lot of food, which is trees. And once they start running out of those trees to cut or they have to go too far up the bank to get them and there's not that food source, they're going to move downstream or upstream, make a new dam, make a new lodge, start all over there again. Meanwhile, where they left, some of these terraces above us, the stuff starts growing back again. It's really brushy up there, which the deer like and all the other wildlife like. So even in the wintertime, things are kind of coming here to feed. So we got the deer coming here on the edge to feed on the brush that the beavers have created from harvesting trees. Turkeys are scratching around on the edge. So this mosaic of habitat that's in here really attracts a lot of things, even in winter, right, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's probably mink and muskrat are here as well. Could be otter. We wanted to go somewhere where we felt like life was around us a little bit, and so that's why we're in the middle of this beaver pond. And one of my favorite things to mention about um, beaver in the wintertime is their lodge can actually be a home to more than just the beaver family. Sometimes in order to conserve warmth throughout the winter, other rodents like muskrat and even mice will sort of uh, will hunker down in the beaver lodge with the beaver, and it just creates more warmth within the lodge so that everyone can survive. The beaver dam is at least the length of a football field, and probably 10 feet high. It's a big, big dam. We're probably standing on 10 feet of water here. Let's not get one spot too warm. How about we hike on Let's over move to over. the... <laughs> Let's move over to the lodge. And, you know, one of the things that I heard is that if, uh, if a beaver lodge is occupied, you can kind of look at the top of it because they, they don't build all the way up to the top, and you can look at the top of it, and sometimes you can see steam coming out. Is yeah. that true? Or at least, you know, an opening where the... Snow is a little melted Snow's or something? Snow a little melted with it's like a chimney. So imagine, like, it's been below zero, but inside this lodge in front of us, there's been studies where they put temperature sensors in there, and even when it's, like, minus 10, minus 15 degrees below zero, it still stays at freezing or above inside that lodge. So it's a mound, maybe four or five feet high, covered with snow, and it's on top of a fallen tree, which is interesting. This old white pine, it's on, built right on top of it. Who's ever in there right now is probably sitting on top of that white pine. That's probably the resting spot in there. Yeah. And once you get in there, it's really a mastery of construction because they'll oftentimes have multiple different tunnels to get out into the water. 
And then they usually have two different levels once you're in the lodge. One of them is sort of their drying off eating spot. And then another one that's a little bit higher out of the water is often where they sleep and where the kits will stay throughout the winter. And I noticed on the bank, there are several bank burrows. So they may have like a little condo complex here between the lodge <laughs> and then they have some bank burrows as well that are, that are probably even warmer. Right, because we all think of beavers building these lodges out in the middle of ponds. That's what we all kind of think of when we think of a beaver lodge. But nearly half of them, I hear, um, will actually build their lodges in the bank. If they don't have a spot where the, the water is the right depth, they'll just burrow right into the bank yeah. and have a lodge there. And the other cool thing is, Steve, did you kick around and see if they had a feeding pile out I here? looked, yeah, I was looking. I haven't seen one. See if I can push some snow away a little bit. In the autumn time, beaver will stockpile wood close to their den so that during the wintertime they'll be able to exit one of the tunnels out of their lodge and swim a short distance to their feeding pile and get the food that they need to survive the winter. Right, they'll grab a stick, it's like in refrigeration, right? Bring it back to the lodge and they'll eat it there. Wintertime for a beaver I think could be boring, you know? Not a lot of activity. Could be just one in there trying to survive right. and not producing very much heat. If it's a family group, there could be, what, five to eight of them, maybe even more. It could be last year's kits and the adults, and they're all snuggled up in there, like you said, Zara. Well, and the other thing the adults may be doing this time of year is it's mating season, right? There's yeah, only so much Netflix part. a couple yeah. can watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, is that the adults actually lose weight over the winter, usually. The young from the year before will actually gain weight over the winter. So I think the adults are giving the young food and probably not eating as much as they could, and the adults are trying to feast off of their tail. Not exactly eating their <laughs> tail, but yes, their tail does store fat, large amounts of fat, so that they can get through the wintertime. And one of the things about beavers is that as they go through the wintertime, their tail tends to shrink because they're using up that fat for the winter. You know what else strikes me is just standing here with all these beaver ponds all around us. Is, is It wasn't long ago that we didn't have these around here. I mean, there was millions of beaver in North America before Europeans arrived. And then by 1900, even in the 1800s, there was barely any beaver because they were trapped so intensively. Because their fur is so fabulous. Yeah, which is another winter adaptation. Yeah. One of your favorite things, right? No, they've got these, these two layers of really plush fur. The first one is kind of a a coarse guard layer that's about two inches long. And then they've the, the reason that they were trapped is because of this under fur that they've got that's woolly and soft and almost completely waterproof. These short fuzzy hairs will lock together and create a layer of air between the top of the fur and the beaver's skin. So they can go long periods of time, even underwater, without the water ever touching their skin. They probably never really get wet except the outer layer. Yeah. Steve, thank you so much for coming out and climbing up and showing us the, the bank lodges and talking with us about North America's largest rodent. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. How about we go and look at more tracks? Yeah, let's work our way back to the car up through the valley and see if we can find some otter tracks. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, let's go. I'm Ken McFarlane. Oh, and I'm Sarah Zahendra. Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio. <laughs>